I'm going to speak this morning, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to preach a message to you I've been preaching to my kids in my Bible class. I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. I spoke about it a little bit before. But I'm going to speak about it a little more today. Ephesians chapter 2. Starting with verse 1. I'm starting... I'm going to be starting. I haven't got it together. When I get it together, I'll let you know. But I'm going to start doing a series on the six, de- the six deadly sins. Yea, the seventh is an abomination unto the Lord. Seven, actually. Okay. I'm going to be teaching on those. Because I think that we need to hear that. What's going on in the United States today. Plus, also, it was the Holy Spirit that says start teaching on these things. And so, I'm going to do that. So I want you, you know what, it would be a great thing if we saw a tremendous revival take place in this church. In 1962, Khrushchev, who was the president or the prime minister of Russia, makes this bold statement. And the statement that he makes is heard worldwide. And some of you will remember this statement. When we, Russia or communism, takes the United States, will not fire a shot. How many of you remember that? Oh, yeah. Will not fire a shot. And at that time, I had no idea what Khrushchev was talking about. And I don't think that most people in the United States understood what he was talking about. And I pondered on that for years, and I thought about that. Because at the time that Khrushchev says that, the United States is starting to come into power. In in 1959, the United States of America owned 80% of all the wealth of the world, owned 80% of all the gold, owned 80% of all the silver. Today, we, we own less than 8% because we have just squandered away. You ever, you ever watch this show? I quit watching it because it just made me uneasy. But it's lottery dream house that these people buy because they've won the lottery. You ever seen that? You watch that? That's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. Poor people win the lottery and go out and buy million-dollar homes. And then in five years, they have to sell the house because they don't have no more money. And then they wind within five years. Do you know that within a five-year span that all those lottery winners are right, right back where they were before they won the money? They didn't give it to me. I, I, I'd try it, but, you know. But Khrushchev says something. It's, it's like that lottery. You know, people have these dreams. And, and, and Khrushchev saw something. He knew at the time that we was a powerful nation and we was gaining power. And he also knows that he wants to take his his country into the space age, which he did first, by the way, and then the United States, because what he wanted to do was be more powerful than the United States of America. So that's where they work. And so we have this this problem with communism. I, I loved old Reagan. Reagan wasn't bashful in saying, it's evil. It's evil empire. 
1983, Reagan says that that is the year of the Bible. 1983, Reagan stood up and said, year of the Bible. Today they'd put him in jail, the president, okay? And so we look at this, and we have this nation that is just moving forward. And we, we see no weakness. We see a young nation because compared to the rest of the world, the United States is still young. We, we, we was emancipated from, from England, Great Britain, in 1775. But you've got to understand the Notre Dame Cathedral was 850 years old. The, 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 the Europeans, they smile at us. Because we see things antique that are 100 years old. See, they see things that are antique at 1,000 years. Yeah. A lot of those people in, in, in Great Britain and, and Holland and different places live in houses that are older than the United States of America. It's amazing. And so, so we see this young nation as moving forward or progressive. But Khrushchev sees something that we don't see. And here's what Khrushchev saw. Khrushchev saw how we were parenting. And as he saw how we were parenting, he saw that we were falling in parenting. He saw that in this country, we was progressive and we was moving forward. But we had parents who would not say no to their children. And he saw parents that wanted to give to their children and actually give out love. Because listen, I wasn't born, I come, I'm born right after the Depression. But that depression was a horrible time for people to live from 1929 to 1941. It was a hard time. And people absolutely did not have anything. And they made things work, okay? They made it work because they were poor. How many of you ever seen that movie Gone with the Wind? When that Scarlett, is that her name, Scarlett O'Hara? picked up that potato and she said I'll never eat another potato remember that because she was sick of potatoes that's what happened in the depression people got tired of being poor so they started putting their emphasis on material things then companies started making sure that that need was met Khrushchev saw something else here's what Khrushchev saw Khrushchev saw that the young people had no restraints. Now, Khrushchev's not a Christian. And he's probably in hell right now, if you want to know the truth. If he didn't get saved, it don't look like he got saved, he's in hell. But Khrushchev understood stood a proverb that we quote all the time and we don't understand it. Where there is no vision, people perish. Now that word vision right there, where there is no vision, people are unrestrained, is how that really reads. Unrestrained. And so what he's seeing, he's seeing a young people that is unrestrained and nobody is bringing them into a place of discipline. 
Here's what he says. Those will be the people in 50 years who's running America. And he said, when we go in to conquer, we'll never fire a shot. Let's hope that doesn't come true. But what he's saying is true. Because what happens is, there was no communism. There was socialism and there was Marxism. Socialism was a political arena and Marxism is a religious arena. And so what happens is, is that socialism plus Marxism created communism. And if you ask any leaders in the United States if they want to be a communist nation, they're going to tell you no. Yet Bernie Sanders is an open, he openly says he's a socialist. And we have people that are legislators who are socialists. We give more credence to Islam and the Muslim religion than we do Christianity, and yet the terrorists thrive on Islam and the Muslim religion. Oh, don't say that, Pastor. I hope you got that on Facebook. Because there has to be a showdown. There has to be sometimes when we start telling the truth. And so what we have is we have the same game played as we played for thousands and thousands of years. And what is that? We're disguising socialism and Marxism. And all it comes to is a totalitarian government that has a dictator and will run it all. And the only way that can happen is if we have a one world dictator. And it's coming to that. People don't want to hear that no more. You don't want me to speak that no more. You want me to give you something that's going to give you some warm fuzzies. Well, I am. And the warm fuzzies is Jesus Christ is still on the throne. But listen to me. That's what Khrushchev saw. And that's where we're at today. Nancy and I was in Abilene, Kansas. We went to Eisenhower's Museum. And when we went to Eisenhower's Museum, we watched his exit speech. And Eisenhower's exit speech said... This is what will happen in 50 to 60 years in the United States of America if the United States doesn't do these things, and we didn't do any of them. And we're living right in the midst of it. We live in a country that doesn't want to, anybody to say no and without restraint. Now, listen, my friend, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. But the United States of America better get something done with abortion. Because if we don't get something done with abortion, the judgment hand of God, get it on Facebook, the judgment hand of God's coming down. And when it comes down, he's going to come down swift, and he's going to come down hard, and he's going to come down with a rod of iron, and it's already started. Sorry, I know, say, where? We're all smiles today. No, we're not smiles. Because here's a little bit of the problem. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, listen to what it says. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Verse 2. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince 
of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, verse 3, and among them too we all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest. But verse 4, but God being rich in mercy... Because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. It, by grace you have been saved. That's amazing stuff right there. See, what Khrushchev was saying is that the nation of America, the United States of America, will not have an identity. He said they are losing their identity. And that's what we've done. We have lost our identity. We are an atheistic nation. We are no longer a Christian nation. There are Christians in this nation... But we are an atheistic nation. We do not have the right as Christians anymore to express ourselves. And we are under as much pressure in the church today as other countries are. Because our rights are being taken away from us. Your genetic background tells you that you were not born in it. You are born a person. And you are not parent number one nor parent number two. You have names in which to give your children and put on their birth certificate. It is not against the law to speak about Jesus in public. It is not against the law to set up a cross on a public in, in a public area, because the Constitution of the United States stands for that. What is against the law is what the court now has ruled is against the law, and the court now is making law instead of interpreting law, and the, and the lawmakers have no power whatsoever because the courts are doing that. And it has taken everything away from us. While we're quiet, and Harold wanted that one where we was rolling with them people like at that funeral. Hell, maybe we'll get there. Not today. You see, here's the truth. The truth is that whether you believe it or whether you don't, Jesus Christ is coming. And when he, I'm going to read a little bit out of Revelation. I'm gonna, when, I, when, you, when he comes, here's what he's going to come like. It'll be tough. Now, you might be part of that that has bought into the agenda or the religion that is now presented before us. Humanism is a religion. Darwinism is, hey, you know what? We were studying in, in our history book, and it was really neat, about how Darwinism now is, is dwindling because evolution, because the guy figured out the eyeball, and there's no way that the eyeball can, be, can evolve. You knew that? I didn't know that. I read it. I'm going, whoa, I just learned something. Because the eyeball never could evolve. 
It was the way it was. And there's so many integral parts with the eyeball that, that it just did away with evolution. It's amazing the little things that God can use. So what we have is that we have a nation now that has fit the bill. Now, listen to what it says here, because I forgot where I was going, so I'll just start where I'm remembering. Okay. You ever get that way? You get really sidetracked, think, well, what was that? Before my dad passed away, God bless his heart, you know, he had a little bit of dementia. No, he had a lot of dementia. And, and he'd get up there and preach. He'd forget where he was preaching. He'd start a new message. Seriously. And we'd sit in church all day because he might preach four messages. So you need to bind dementia in me and say, God, keep him clean. In the name of Jesus. All right, now, now listen to this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, now look at this. When people are dead, they lose communication with those who are alive. When people are dead, they lose communication with people who are alive. Now understand this. If that be the truth, the world is dead, the church is alive, they cannot communicate. Did you get that? They can't talk back and forth to each other. Because what is dead is dead and it can't communicate to that which is alive. When people are dead, they lose communication with those who are alive. Now listen to this. Separation occurred between God and men and caused spiritual death in the Garden of Eden. And man from that day on was considered dead. Now God said something to Adam. Pay attention to what he said. He said, Adam, I don't want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, for in the day that ye eat thereof, he said, ye shall surely die. Now that word surely in the Hebrew means die. So in the day that you eat thereof, you'll die, die. You're going to die in the spiritual and then you're going to die in the physical. Adam, don't eat that. He said, because I have made you great, I have made you with all authority. There's nothing on planet earth like you, Adam. Nothing has been created that's even equal to you. You have dominion over everything. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, because listen to what he's saying. He's saying good and evil are the same fruit. Now, listen to what the Bible teaches us. It says that in the day of Noah, it says that man's thoughts were, con uh, were evil continually. Evil continually, which means he never had a good thought. It means that he was trying to think up evil, wicked devices. You see what happened when Adam eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he brings man right into a sinful state. And man, apart from God, is the worst beast on planet earth because he has a mind to think but not a spirit to love. How many of you understand that? And so then he just continually becomes more evil and more evil and more evil. And that's the way that is. If you settle for good in your life when God's called you to be great, you don't have much of a future. You have a future. If you settle for good where God has called you to be great, you will be a manipulative puppet by the devil himself. You can be born again and be in the church and yet not strive for perfection in God and yet not strive to understand the authority and the power of God. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
When, when Antichrist comes in and he says this, you know what? He says, you're going to take a mark on your hand or you're going to take a mark in your forehead or you're not going to be able to buy and sell. Christians are going to sell out by the millions. How many of you understand that? You say, no, I won't. Yes, you will. You will if you've settled for good and evil. You will if you don't understand the authority and the power of God. You will if you don't understand who you are in Christ. You will if you don't understand you've been made new and alive in the Spirit. Why was that word so important that she gave this morning? Because God is giving us ample time right now to get it right. Do you understand he can take your life in a heartbeat? Somebody said, why did God murder all them Amalekites? God never murdered anybody. God creates life. He has a right to take life. Do you understand that? God doesn't murder anybody. He's never murdered anybody. But he has the right to take life because he created life. My, my nephew, this young man that, that uh, Tony's talking about, my nephew was 50 years old. And went out in the, in, the, in the yard to work and fell dead. Fell dead right there. This is amazing. He had no idea. Listen, he was going to die that day. He had no idea he was going to die. You don't have no idea that you might die today. I don't know. I might die today. Do you understand that? God is giving us time right now. That's what that word was. Those here, young lady, you come up here. That was God moving in your life. Peter, that was God moving in your life. That word was given so that you'd come here. Is that not what God does? That's an amazing thing. He said, you have been made alive in Christ. When you were dead in your trespasses and sins, listen to this. God made you alive. Man no longer was able to have fellowship with God, and he had loss of spiritual life, okay? And so when he had loss of spiritual life, he lost communication with God. Man lost communication with God. Death took its toll. Death took its place. And the result was this. It was devastating to the world, and it was devastating to the earth itself. Here's an amazing thing. Tsunamis. Hurricanes, all of these things, Jesus said they'd be. He said you'd have earthquakes in diverse places. And people say, well, a tsunami is considered an earthquake, an earthquake, tornadoes, all of these things. Jesus said you're going to have them. He said they're going to be everywhere. Diverse places means many of them. And diverse places don't just mean in the sea, means on the land. It means many and everywhere and frequent. He said this is going to happen in the last days. What's so interesting about what's happening in, with the weather is man can't control it. There's nothing he can do about it. He'll put a sandbag out and maybe control that river a little bit. But I understand something about the Missouri River. Help me, Mr. Singleton, on this one, if you will. I think he'll, he'll have a better idea than me. That old river wants to go back to its regular channel. Am I right? There, I got a nod. And one day, there's not enough sandbags going to stop that river from going back to its natural channel. All them people that live by the Browning, K. Schultz, get ready. Hell, the river going to take you. Right? There's so many things that's happening. Listen, Jesus said they would. And I look at that. Now, listen to what's happening. 
If you go over to the 8th chapter of, of the book of Romans, and you, get down, you don't have to go there, just write it down, and you get into about the 15th verse down to the 18th verse, listen to what it's, what it's saying. It's saying, when the sons of God are to be revealed... Now, who are the sons of God? Romans 8, 14 is right there, and it says, as may, For as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So right now, we have two churches in one church. First of all, we have people who are led by the Spirit, and then we have people who just go to church. That's what we got. You might be part, you're one of those churches right now. Either you're in the commonwealth and you're led by the Spirit, or you just go to church. Right? And so that's the way that is. But he says, as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Then you just go on down there and you read, and it says that the earth that's held in captivity is waiting for the day of the revealing of the sons of God that it may be loosed from its corruption. The world is moving. It's moving. It's alive. And it's flexing itself. And there's nothing we can do about it. How many of you understand that? And then Peter goes on to say, And God is going to make a new heaven. And he's going to make a new earth. And he said all these things are going to pass away. With fervent heat. It's written. And yet we go on. And we just continue to do the way we do. And you know why we do that? Because we're dead. Dead men can't think. Dead men can't speak. Dead men are damned. Dead. They've lost communication with God. Dead men have no communication with God. The human spirit becomes united with the devil so that man by nature is called the children of wrath. You have a nature inside of you. You either have the nature of the Lord inside of you or you have the nature of the world inside of you. Now, here's one problem that I have with church. People in church are worldly. Carnal. 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 Hey, listen to me. When I die, I don't want you to get up here and talk about me playing bluegrass. And if you talk about me, I want you to say, his mind was on Jesus. I, I have no communication with any of you, save only Christ. Now, Doris and I wouldn't even get along if it wasn't for Jesus. She's over here and I'm over here. Well, I'm But her and I got a good relationship. We actually pray about the same things, don't we? And God will speak to us. Because we have a common denominator. What's the common denominator? Holy Spirit. We don't talk about nothing but Jesus. My, I get with my brother. I love being with my brother. Me and my brother, all we talk about is Jesus. Because if we, it's not about Jesus, I don't want to be around him because he hit me in the head with a brick when I was a kid. He tried to kill me, okay? Got that, Lonnie? We talk about Jesus. Amen? And then you, you, you think about my relationship with you. We don't talk about, what do we talk about? We talk about the Lord. Why? Because that's who I am. And I hope that's who you are. Talk about Jesus. Talk about his coming. Talk about the mess the world's in and said it can't be fixed if Jesus doesn't fix it. 
Talk to parents and say, say, you know what? Raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of Christ, and they'll never depart from that. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something this year I've never done before. And I'm gonna give out a Bible award. And and I got four 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 young people. And and the Bible award, I'm gonna give my don't he don't come here, so it doesn't make any difference. I'm gonna give my, my Bible award to Randy Singleton. And, and you're going to say, why is that? Because he loves my Bible class. And he asked me more questions than anybody. So I said to him, I said, you're going to be a preacher. Oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you. No, Elijah. No, Randy, you're going to be a preacher. Because there's something. He was made alive in Christ. So, so, so what's happening here is, is that the Holy Spirit is moving and, 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 we're, and we're dead, and, and we can no longer communicate with God because of spiritual death, okay? And by nature, we're children of wrath because that nature inside of us is identifying to who we are. Now listen to me. If you're saved, don't act worldly. If you're saved, don't be worldly. Don't do it. I don't care about Bon Jovi. I haven't got a clue who he is. My son, he's going to listen to this. Bon, don't tell me about Bon Jovi. I don't care about Bon Jovi. I don't care about Elton John. I don't care about none of my ungodly people. I don't, really. I don't care about that. Oh, that's good music. What? You're telling me that's good music? Oh, yeah, that's good music. Good gracious, man. Somebody's nuts here. Whew. John Denver. I kind of liked him. But if he stayed off the drugs and out of an airplane, he still might be alive. Oh, quit it, Pastor. You just, listen to me, worldly people. There's a, there's a nature inside of you that should have come inside of you when you got saved. And that was the nature of Jesus himself should have gotten inside of you when you got saved. Because the Bible says that to be friends with the world makes you an enemy of God. And look at that. Listen, you don't want to be an enemy of God as a Christian. My goodness, is that even possible? But the nature of Jesus inside of you can only be nurtured if you're doing things for him. Somebody say amen to that. I'm going to go over real quick to 2, 6. I'm not going to go through this whole message because there's a lot of message here. Okay, there really is. But now I want you to pay attention to this. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, Christ made us alive together with Christ. I'm sorry. By grace you've been saved. Now verse 6. And raised us up with him, that's the Father, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to show you something. If I can do this. Now watch this. I'm going to put a couple chairs out here. This is going to seem kind of silly. Alright. Alright. Matt Dudley. Come on up here. Matt Dudley. Going to represent the Father God. Sit down here. Did you see that? <laughs> Father God. Representing Father God. Come on up here, Tony. 
And Tony gets to represent Jesus Christ. Hello, son. <laughs> okay. So now, now look what we got. On the right hand, yeah. With it, yeah, the right hand. Switch around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so we have Father God, and we have the Son, right? Yeah, he's on your right. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to check that out. You know, because when you're in a car, they say, is it on the left side or the right side? Well, I don't know which way you're looking. If you're looking north, it's, but if you're looking, yeah, it's okay. Be hard on me. So now look at Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 6. Now look what it says. It says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. Now watch this. Uh, Karen, uh, uh, Terry, come here. Now Terry's going to represent the church. Okay. Okay. Now, and, and you'll see why I'm going to have her do this because he'd slap me if I did anybody else. Okay. So we have the father. Okay. And we have the son. Now I want you to sit on your, your husband's lap. Because that's what God sees. Now watch, watch this. I'm going I'm to read it to you again. God showed me this. Now watch this. And seated us up with him, with the Father. And seated us with him, the Father. And she is in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the Son. So there's not three chairs. There's not three seats. There's two seats. And we are seated She's seated with him, right? But she is seated in him. How many of you see that? Now, I'm going to show you this. Now, one stand up just a little bit more? Yeah. Now, watch this. Now, sit on his lap. Now, you sit on his lap. That's what God sees. Because at Colossians, Colossians... That's a lot of weight right there. Because Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, And in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him we have been made complete. That's good, guys. But how many of you understand? That's what God sees. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You think the devil sees that? Absolutely the devil sees that. And there's nothing that he can do about that. So what he wants to do is he gets you into your mind and gets you away from who you are in Christ Jesus. He can seduce you into becoming worldly. Now here's what he can't do. You've got to get a hold of this. He can't take you out of that position. When you got saved, you got in Christ. But you, listen to what he can do. You can be void of the power of God. You can be void of the authority of the Lord. And understand what, 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 what God wants. God wants you to see who you are in Him when you received His Son as your personal Savior. And even when you were dead in your trespasses and sin, but God, being rich in mercy, man alive, but God, being rich in mercy, raised us up. Hallelujah. 
What will happen if even this small church got a hold of that? We'd have revival in one day. We'd have revival in an hour. We'd have revival before this service is over if we understood who we are. Listen, you need to, you need to covet something. And what, what we need to covet is why God is all of these miracles happening in China, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan. Why are they not happening here? Because listen, we live, we believe the lie of the devil and we become worldly. We become worldly. We become carnal. And we trust more people in this than we do God. You take them greenbacks out of your purse and there's not one that's worth anything. Let's stand. But God, being rich in mercy, let me read this to you. We're going to come to an end. Harold, you can bring your people up here. Harold made a prophetic, he, he gave a prophetic word today. I don't think you heard it. I hope he hears it in the spirit. What he saw at that funeral was a woman who allowed the Holy Spirit just to use her. And when the Holy Spirit got a hold of that woman, wave after wave after wave of the anointing came through that church. After they got through all the worldly stuff, said, okay, God, now this is yours. They start singing a song. They didn't take a contemporary song. They didn't take the new songs. They start singing, there is coming a day when no sorrows will come. No more tears in the eye. Is that right? No more tears to dim the eye. Where all is peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore. What a day. Glorious day. That will be, then all of the congregation starts singing, What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Now listen. And that young widow got up. And she raised her hands and started singing, what a day that will be. I'm 22 years old, and the old hillbilly pastor said, would you hold me a revival in Springfield, Missouri? And I said, sure. 
I didn't have a clue on how to hold a revival. As a matter of fact, when I laid hands on a man, he manifested the devil, and I had no idea what that was. It scared me worse than it scared him. That old pastor, he slammed him down on the floor and jumped on him. Now, I'm not advocating we do that. Okay. But I love that old pastor. And he died. He died when I was in my 50s. I was closer to 60, maybe. And I did his funeral. And when I did his funeral and we start singing, that widow come up out of that chair. And when she come up out of that chair, God being rich in mercy, she started to worship the Lord. And the Holy Spirit came down through that place. And revival started. They told me four revivals broke out from that funeral. How about that again today? We're going to, yeah, how about that? Because listen to me, here's what it's all about. We have a new nature. And that new nature is Jesus Christ inside of us. And we're not dead anymore, so we have an open communication with the Father. Listen to me, dead men can't speak. Dead men cannot communicate. So the devil loves it when men and women who know the Lord act worldly. It just cuts their communication off. All right, now I'm going to read you scripture. And then, Harold, you, you guys do what you got to do. Because, Harold, I'm expecting good things from you. Because you was the one that said it prophetically. I'm expecting good things. Because he was the one that said, oh, the Holy Spirit went down through that place. So here's where I'm going to make a declaration. Because I've said it many times. When Harold Simpson starts dancing on that platform, I'm just telling you the truth. When he starts dancing on that platform, revival will shake this building. You're saying, well, you're blaming it all on him. Absolutely, I'm not blaming it on me. Because, listen, when the church starts to worship the Lord, things happen. And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. Mr. Khrushchev, you need to hear this right now. Mr. Putin, you need to hear this right now. Our government legislators need to hear this right now. Our Supreme Court needs to hear this right now. And his eyes, Jesus and his eyes, are a flame of fire. And upon his head are many diadems. And he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, are following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may smite the nations. He will rule them with the rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written, his name is written, King of kings, and Lord of lords. That's the God 
is coming. And when he comes, he's setting up judgment. And he'll rule the nations with a rod of iron. But listen, my friend, this old church will be gone. And we'll be in heaven. Listen, he loves you with an intensive love that you don't understand how much he loves you. Listen to me. He don't want to judge you. He wants to love you. And he loves you with such an intensive love that his son went to the cross to die for you and to die for me. And on resurrection morning, Jesus come up out of that tomb. And when he came up out of that tomb, he gave me life. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love for us. Oh, what a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look <laughs> The one Oh, he saved me by his grace When he takes me by the hand He'll lead me through. What a day. What a day. Christy, sing that verse for us. 